You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? A special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time, and a special thank you to all of our loyal fans coming back and checking in on us again. If you guys don't already, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. It's a daily show. That is the fastest and easiest way to get the show. And today we have some coaches to talk about. We are going to talk about the Chargers' new running backs coach, Derek Foster. But we also have some sad news that we definitely want to touch on, and that is Marty Schottenheimer. It being reported that he has now been moved to a hospice center because of his Alzheimer's, and we'll just kind of pay our tribute to a really, really good Chargers coach. That led to some pretty memorable seasons. But then we're going to get into some fun stuff because Daniel Popper has come out with his offseason handbook. For the Chargers, so we're going to get into his thoughts on the Chargers having nine draft picks and what their salary cap situation is, as well as some potential salary cut, salary cap cuts that could be coming for the Chargers to try to make some room for some other teams to potentially get rid of some really good players, as well as his checklist of the biggest things the Chargers need to address going into the offseason. So let's go ahead and get started. I do want to start with the news that Marty Schottenheimer, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer in 2014, it was reported that he was moved to a hospice facility near his home in Charlotte, North Carolina on Saturday because of complications from Alzheimer's disease. His family said Wednesday in a statement given to ESPN's Chris Mortensen. And I think you guys, if you have been following the Chargers long enough, definitely remember Marty Schottenheimer, he's the one that got fired after a 14-2 season after the Chargers should have beat the Patriots in a wild playoff game, but he was a no-nonsense coach. He definitely was always the guy that was going to be old school and not, you know, Marty Ball was a thing where he'd run twice and then throw on third down, and he was just really memorable for a lot of reasons, but the guy just screamed football, and we've known that he's been sick for a little while, but to see this is definitely just makes you think that it's time to kind of reflect on the really good things he was able to do, not only with the Chargers, but his other stops in the NFL as well. He was a very accomplished coach with the Browns Chiefs, the Washington football team, and the Chargers. But, David, it is nice to be able to reflect on this even on a sad day for Marty Schottenheimer and his family. Yeah, it is. I mean, Martin, Marty Schottenheimer is definitely one of the best coaches uh, the, of, of my memory, definitely of my lifetime. You know, the, that's one of the best Charger teams that – I've ever seen. I mean, going back in history too. I mean, fourteen and two, and just dominant. I mean, really ran through guys. Ran. Uh, I mean, ran straight through people. I mean, they were you know ridiculous on offense and on defense. I mean, just a scary, scary good team. And yes, Marty was the engineer of that. And still, it was one of those decisions that I just don't understand and didn't really make a whole lot of sense. I guess there was some dissent between Marty and and AJ at the time, the general manager, but. Yeah, it's just, I mean, going going back to this news, it's terrible. Uh, obviously, if you know anybody ever, ever interacted with anyone or, you know, anything to do with Alzheimer's, it's, it's a seriously sad um, disease. I mean, people, they don't remember their names, they don't remember their loved ones. 
um, it's just debilitating, especially more so for the family members, um, because you know those are people you get used to and you know and you love for your entire life, and now they're just completely different and they just don't recognize you at all. So all of our thoughts and our prayers are with the Schottenheimer family, and we uh, we hope that you know things get better for Marty. Yeah, and I think you have to take some solace in him, you know, probably being so proud of his son, Brian Schottenheimer, who was just with the Seattle Seahawks as their offensive coordinator, now is down with Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and that new coaching staff. I mean, that must be pretty cool for him to have seen his, you know, son become an NFL coach like that, but definitely want to pay our respects to a Chargers great coach who got fired with a pretty damn good record, 47-33 and 33 in his time with the Chargers over five seasons. That's a great record. I mean, people were talking about Anthony Lynn at 33-31. and 31. This guy was 14 games over 500, ended on a 14-2 and two season on a really good team with some very unfortunate circumstances, but definitely praying for him and his family and wishing them all of the best. But in other news, the Chargers did hire a new coach reportedly, according to Matt Zenitz. Sources say that Iowa running backs coach Derek Foster is expected to be hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. We are assuming it is going to be their running backs coach because we have recently seen them sign a tight ends coach and also a wide receivers coach as well. And this is another guy that has only college experience, another guy that doesn't have, you know, the NFL chops that you're used to when you're looking at the most, you know, especially young coaches putting together their coaching staff. So, David, what did you think of Derek Foster being reportedly signed to the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, first thing I wanted to look at is, you know, where has this guy been and what is his background? And this is a guy who has primarily been a running backs coach, but he's also worked with wide receivers and uh, as well in his career. So he started at Valdosta State University and then went to Northwestern State, worked at Tennessee, and then was also at Samford University in Alabama. So kind of weird to go from Northwestern and Tennessee to Samford. But then he well, goes yeah, from Northwestern Samford. State is a very small school. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, then he goes to Iowa and he's the running backs coach at Iowa and, and a, an assistant coach there. And he had a pretty, pretty damn good year as a running backs coach, coaching a couple of guys who had some great success. I mean, Iowa's offense in 2020 was, you know, <clears throat> led the Big Ten in red zone offense, also ranked second in scoring with 31.8 points per game. And then his two running backs were, you know, Tyler Goodson and Makai Sargent. Uh, Goodson earned first-team All-Big Ten honors, uh, rushed for 762 yards, and Sargent earned honorable mention as an All-Big Ten honors, and he rushed for 432 yards. Goodson averaged 5.3 yards per carry, and Sargent uh, 5.7, so those are great numbers. I mean, anything really over four yards per carry, that's the average, so if you're easily eclipsing that going over five, I mean, that's that's a first down and two touches, so had some pretty effective guys that he coached so hopefully he can bring that type of efficiency to the chargers when yeah he's not a very young guy like some of the other guys that we've seen brandon staley bring in but he's a guy that didn't start coaching until 2011 now he's 57 so that means he was 47 when he started coaching and has actually gone up pretty quickly i mean only one position coach job at the power five level and that was at iowa over the last couple of years but the other thing that stood out to me we've talked about many times how these coaches have a lot of experience doing different things and he comes with that as well he's also coached wide receivers he was a wide receiver himself in college and he's also a big recruiting guy he was the offensive recruiting coordinator from 2019 to 2020 with iowa and we've seen that with some of the 
the other college guys that Staley has brought in. And I think that also is a trend that we've seen. And you just have to wonder why the recruiters, right? We talked about before why, you know, it could be a benefit to bring in someone who is good at recruiting. But David, that is a trend that we've been seeing very often with these new coaching hires. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're a recruiter, you're a salesman. You have to be able to sell what you're trying to offer. I mean, in his position, he was a, a coach trying to get people to come play for his school. But it's not just selling the player. It's selling the parents, and it's learning them and learning how they communicate, learning how they are going to be able to receive that so you can best position what you're trying to sell to them. So, you know, having that ability to get people to buy in, Daniel, I think that's what Brandon Staley is looking for. He's trying to get the team to buy into his message to what he is trying to do, his vision for how the team is going to execute. Uh, So, I mean, this is another guy who can help people get into that mindset. Another great communicator, if you will. Yeah, if you're a recruiting coordinator, if you're a big-time recruiter, you are definitely a good communicator if you're any good at it. And, yeah, selling them on the vision. And it just seems like, especially with these guys who don't have any direct correlations with Brandon Staley, that this is something he thinks is very valuable. And as a great communicator himself, you can understand that. But definitely a lot of, or a big lack of experience, I should say, from these, you know, position coaches that we've seen, whether it's Kevin Coger or even now with Derek Foster and even Chris Beatty. I mean, these aren't guys that have a ton of NFL experience, but they are recruiters. They're guys that have been, you know, in the college ranks where they've have some innovative offenses and do things a little bit differently. So we wonder what that effect will have on the Chargers offense specifically. But yeah, when you look at the stats that he had with those guys, I mean, last year having both of those guys that you talked about, the year before that he had three guys go over 400 rushing yards, so he knows how to use running backs by committee. And also in 2018, they rushed for around 2,000 yards as a team. So since he's been at that Power 5 program, they have succeeded in what he's there to do, and that is to coach the running backs. But we do have two more segments to get into. We're going to get into Daniel Popper from the Athletics off-season handbook in the next segment we're going to be getting into the cap and where the Chargers stand right now and how they don't have a bunch but maybe it could be enough to sign some of the top guys that Daniel Popper thinks that they should be targeting in their own internal free agency and we'll also get into nine draft picks that the Chargers have getting in coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys that with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront for your auto parts so why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer when you guys can just go to rockauto.com and get it sent right to your house with only a few easy clicks and i would know just because i just used it i've used it a couple of times but all you have to do is put in the model of your car put in what you're looking for and it makes it so simple for you to do and the best part is you know you're going to be getting the best price because whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic everybody gets a great price at rockauto.com and all you have to do is go to rock Auto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, guys. Well, now it's time to get into something I think is very relevant right now as we start getting into the draft and free agency coming up. And Daniel Popper from The Athletic is one of our favorite beat writers for the Chargers just because he asks tough questions. And I just really enjoy his analysis. And we won't give you all of the goods because I'm sure he wants you guys to go subscribe to The Athletic. But we can give you a gist of what he had on there. And I think he made 
some very valid points as far as what this team needs to do to protect Justin Herbert and to continue building this roster so that new coach Brandon Staley can have success early on. And the first thing he talked about was the salary cap and the Chargers, as he puts it, are in very, very good salary cap space just because they only have $58,000 in dead money. He puts that no other team has less than 200000 And he puts that Chargers cap guru, Ed McGuire, has a ton to do with that. And we've all known about him kind of working behind the scenes with that. But David, after everything right now, based on a $175 million salary cap, which is what the salary cap is projected to be going down for the first time in its existence, they obviously have a good salary cap amount of space still available. But there are other things like the draft and especially their own incumbent players that will have to be worried about. Yeah, they 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 basically the NFL and the NFLPA came together before this year and you know put a floor on the NFL cap so it didn't drop too far because they obviously lost a lot of money without fans and in, in the stands and being able to sell you know other you know things that go along with that you know also I'm sure the TV revenue was was nice but it's not going to pay for everything they definitely lost money. So they were able to put a cap on the floor, although there are reports that come out from Tom Pelissero, you know, that say that team officials think that the cap's going to be closer to $185 million, which puts the Chargers in an even better situation. If that does come to pass, Daniel Popper is, you know, using a floor of $176 million, which would leave the Chargers to have $17,691,246. If that cap is $185 million, then that goes up to $26 million and in free cap, which really would allow them to have a lot more success and a lot more flexibility in what they are trying to do, although that is not determined as of yet. But if that does happen, that would be great for the Chargers this offseason. Absolutely, especially because there's so many teams that are going to have to make so many tough decisions. So the more money that you have, and that $15 million now turning into $20 million was also including what the draft picks in the 2021 class are going to make and how much you have to take out of the salary cap that way, but helps you bring back your own players, which we'll get into some of those guys, and also you get also gives you a chance if other teams have really good players that they have to let go, a chance to poach those guys and jump on those opportunities to really improve your team. Team. But the other thing that the Chargers have to bank on to fix the team this offseason or at least get too close to fixing it or as close as they can is the draft. And they will have a lot of swings to do it this year because with the compensatory pick they're getting from Phillip Rivers leaving and also the sixth round pick that they got from the Desmond King trade, the Chargers are going to have nine draft picks in the upcoming class. And he puts on here as well as five draft picks in the top 120 picks, which means you should be able to not only you know get a couple of starters potentially in the draft in the first couple of rounds, but also be able to find some impact players that can come in and help the team immediately up until you know the sixth round, the seventh round, those later rounds. And Tom Telesco has been very hit or miss on those later rounds. But it's not even just the fact that the Chargers can bring in a lot of players. The other thing is, is David, with this many draft picks, it gives you the flexibility that if you see guys that you really like, you have some gas in the tank to maneuver and try to get up to somebody that you really like. Yeah, absolutely. You have capital. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about on draft day is, you know, if you see a guy that you absolutely need to have, then you have extra ability, extra ammunition to put a deal together to get that done. And also, I mean, they could not not only on draft day, but they could find somebody out um, you know, like Orlando Brown, for example, or somebody else that comes uh, that that they are going to be made available via trade and 
the Chargers could make a move because they have, you know, extra picks to make that happen. Although let's not pretend that there isn't several holes that the Chargers need to fix with those draft picks. I mean, I would say, you know, several positions on the offensive line for starters, but we'll get more into that a little bit later. But there's a lot of things that the Chargers need to fix, Daniel. It's not just one or two things. They need to add a lot of help. And this draft with this many picks, it's definitely going to give them some flexibility to handle that however they see fit. Absolutely. And I think that obviously, yes, you want to use a lot of those on players that are going to play for you. But at the same time, having nine rookies, a lot of those guys, I mean, it's hard to imagine that every one of those guys is going to make the team if you're taking nine guys. But you also get nine guys with very affordable contracts and then whatever you can't get in the draft to kind of fill out this team you better hope that you have already figured out that position in free agency and that's the kind of weird thing about the draft as it comes after free agency so you have a better idea of who's going to be on your team going into the draft but you don't have the chance to have free agency open after you maybe missed out on some guys in the draft and the chargers obviously have a ton of players currently headed into free agency and Daniel Popper came up with a list and I won't give you the whole list but I would say that there are eight guys on the list and a couple of things surprised me the first thing is that you know three Chargers offensive linemen Feeney, Tevi, and Lamp all make the list but the other thing is as he was saying even with that 15 million dollars because most of these contracts get bigger as they go it doesn't mean just because a guy has an annual average value of $12 million, he's getting that in the first year. Joey Bosa got a lot less than his first year than what his average is going to be. So he was thinking even with that $15 million, you could re-sign Michael Davis, Hunter Henry, Rayshon Jenkins. He said even all of these guys potentially with that little amount of money just because of the structure of the contracts. Yeah, I mean, if the Chargers, if anybody can do it, the Chargers can. I mean, Ed McGuire, uh, you know, with the that patented ripcord that he and Telesco like to build into contracts, it, it's not, you know, inconceivable uh, that they could do that, but it's very highly unlikely. I just don't know, without, you know, making more cuts, which there's a couple of people that could potentially make that happen, but as it's currently, currently constructing, uh, excuse me, as the cap is currently constructed, I think that would be quite difficult to really sign all those guys. I think there is a couple that you are, that you definitely want to focus on. I mean, we've talked about Hunter Henry. We've talked about Michael Davis. I think the one that's interesting to me that's on this list is that he actually has Melvin Ingram uh, on here as a, a guy that they would potentially like to bring back. And he stated part of that was because of Brandon Staley and the, the defense he's going to run. What did you think about that part? Well, I think it's interesting because obviously one of the reasons I didn't think it was going to happen, and shout out to Zach because he actually talked about this in a voicemail, and I said it was probably less likely because it's not the same coaching staff, and I do think they'll probably have some eyes on guys that we're not thinking about right now because of Brandon Staley and those connections, even somebody like Leonard Floyd from the Rams, but... What he's saying is the Chargers don't have any outside linebackers right now. And he's saying that Uchenna Nwosu is obviously one of them. But he thinks that Kenneth Murray is going to stay inside. Which, yes, I mean, in that case, if Kenneth Murray's you know staying inside, then the Chargers definitely need a lot of help there. I was kind of under the impression that maybe he moves outside. Maybe they get more out of the pass rushing, attacking Kenneth Murray that we saw in college. You know, where he's just getting downhill all the time and being super aggressive. If he stays in the middle with Drew Tranquil, yeah, you have a big need there. You need pass rushers on the outside at outside linebacker. And Joey Bosa has, you know, rushed as a stand-up rusher before, but he's obviously not going to bring you along coverage, nor do you want him out there in coverage. So I understand that. I just don't think that the price is going to be low enough where you can just decide to add him before, you know, trying to bring back some of these other guys who 
are much more impact players, at least recently for the Chargers, like Hunter Henry, Rayshon Jenkins, and also especially Michael Davis, even Denzel Perryman. I mean, all of those guys have played big roles for the Chargers last year and in years past, and Melvin Ingram has been fading off a little bit. I think they would probably find somebody cheaper than what Melvin Ingram is going to want. But I do think, you know, that does bring up a good point. And I think you would wonder in this situation, where is Kazir White fitting into things, right? Is he an outside linebacker in Staley's scheme? Is he staying inside? If he's inside, is that him and True Tranquil in there? And now Kenneth Murray goes to the outside. So many questions that we'll still have to have answered. But we do have one more segment to get into because we are going to get into the Chargers potentially being able to open up some more salary cap space by potentially cutting a couple of players that are currently on the roster and then also get into Daniel Popper's list of the biggest things the Chargers have to fix this offseason coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag and the big game is coming up this weekend guys this Sunday Super Bowl Sunday the last time that you guys can bet on football until the next season starts and for me when I'm betting on the Super Bowl I'm always looking for prop bets and you're going to find the best prop bets with betonline.ag I like the more ridiculous the better so you can bet on Andy Reid's face mask whether it's going to be Chiefs branded logo single color no logo you can bet on which coach you're going to see their nostrils from first because their mask falls down you can even bet on you know the color of Bruce Arians' hat. I mean, there's so many different things you can do, and I love doing all of those weird ones. But betonline.ag, if you guys are going to bet on the game, that's the only place to do it because it's the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust, and they'll even give you some free money to play with them. All you have to do is create a free account at betonline.ag. Sign up today, and you can use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. I also need to tell you guys that one of the things I've been doing like crazy during quarantine has been getting on my spin bike and just going as hard as I can to get a workout in at my house, especially with gyms and stuff being closed around San Diego where I live. But there's one place that can really help you with that, and that is Echelon, because Echelon can get you to all of the fitness goals that you guys are trying to hit. It's still early on in the year. You can still hit all those goals that you set off at New Year's. But Echelon offers the next generation of connected fit fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. But the nice thing is, is the trainers that they have will push you farther than you'd probably go on your own. The world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Right now, you guys can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. All you have to do is go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. All right, so we got into some of the pending free agents the Chargers have and also what their salary cap situation is going to look like. But the one thing that we know is there are some overbloated contracts that are still on this roster that the Chargers, especially if they see a guy that gets cut from another team, want to go out there and try to sign them. These would be the guys that are highest on the list. And the one guy that he singles out, firstly, David, is Trey Turner, who is carrying a huge cap hit going into the 2021 season. He has $11.5 million cap hit for a guard, which is a lot in the NFL. I mean, that's a premier guard in the NFL, almost, you know, an average tackle at that point. And I would understand why he would think that. But the other three guys he lists are Chris Harris Jr., Limbaugh Joseph, who is maybe one that we haven't talked about enough, and also Casey Hayward, who took a big step back in 2020. Yeah, I mean... For me, Trey Turner is an easy one. I mean, 
they cut him before June June first, and they saved that entire eleven point five million. So I, for me, he's as good as gone. I, I there's no way that the Chargers could should or or will bring him back at that number. It's either they restructured that contract or they cut him outright and they they save all of it. Another one that I've said on this show before that might very well happen is Casey Hayward at nine nine point seven five million in cap space if they cut him before June first. Just between those two guys, that's $21 million of extra cap space that you turn, you know, you know, 20 million, 25 million into 45 million in cap space with just two moves. And then you're sitting really pretty. I mean, as far as Chris Harris and Linval Joseph, I think they both played fairly decently. And uh, I mean, especially for Linval, I think he was pretty steady in the middle. He wasn't flashy, but he def- you can tell, you know, that there was a difference there. And, and he was that difference. And for Chris Harris, I thought he came back and played fairly well as well. He doesn't seem like he had lost a step. He seems like he's still playing fairly well on the inside. So you cut the you you make those just those two moves, Daniel, and you go from being in good space, good cap space, to phenomenal cap space. Yeah, and it definitely gives you some flexibility. Obviously, in that scenario, you'd have to find a new cornerback, and you better hope that you've already signed Michael Davis because that next cornerback spot i mean who fills that at this point i mean brandon Faison, who's going to be a free agent as well the chargers don't really have a backup plan for casey hayward and i think that's really what's hurting them and yes they'll be able to kind of hold on to him until after the draft to see if they are able to kind of fill that spot with any young guy but even that's going to be a big task to take on for the 2021 season and obviously if you get rid of trey turner you need a guard right so that means that you have to find a guy that's going to play at a better level than Trey Turner did for less money, which I think is very attainable. Also, if you you know replace those two guys, maybe you take a big swing and you go get a guy like Joe Thune in the offseason from the Patriots. So I do think it gives you a lot more flexibility. There's also the Mike Williams option as well to rescind that fifth-year option, that $15 million to really open things up. But as Daniel Popper puts in, as I've kind of said a couple of times, it might be the right move. I don't think that it's going to happen at all. But getting to what he thinks are the biggest roster needs for the Chargers in 2021 before they start and, you know, trying to rebound from their 7-9 and nine season, the number one thing, obviously, David, from every Chargers beat rider that we've asked, from every person that knows really anything about the Chargers could tell you, and that is offensive line is the number one biggest thing that they have to address during this offseason. But one of the things that surprised me about this is because also on this list, like I talked about, you have you know Dan Feeney, Sam Tevy, and Forrest Lamp as guys that he thinks the Chargers should bring back. But at the same time, you're bringing back the worst offensive line in the NFL. So it is a kind of a dangerous game because you can't just be left in the cold with no offensive linemen out there. You have to have some guys, obviously the chemistry and all of those things. I mean, with how many injuries that there were on the chargers line, I think is probably a little bit overblown, but I do think you still have to have bodies at the position while still trying to upgrade it. Oh, there's without a doubt that they need to upgrade it. We know that everybody knows that. I mean, dead last in, in, you know, pro football focuses list of offensive lines, you know, doesn't pass the eye test. Obviously, you know, I was having Herbert run for his life a lot of the times and just, you know, benefited from the fact that he's crazy athletic and he's able to escape those situations, but they need to add multiple positions, you know, no matter what they do, they have to address it both in, in free agency and in the draft. And, you know, if you put a gun to my head and you said, Hey, you know, you got to bring back uh, at least one or two of these guys for me, it's probably Forrest Lamp and it's probably Sam Tevy just because 
I saw some incredible improvement from him on the left side, some play that we just did not anticipate. I mean, we were absolutely scared to death to watch the Chargers go into this season with Sam Tevye at left tackle. And at the end of the year, I think we were all pleasantly surprised with the you know the season that he was able to turn in. Do we? Do I want him as a starter? No, but he's a, a good backup. He's a, a you know a good player that can play both sides, and you're going to need that. But yeah, I mean, I think you could let Feeney go. I just didn't thought I was not. I was very underwhelmed by what he put on the table the last couple of years, and I think that you can get some more talent. But there's no question they they need to add in both avenues on the offensive line. Yeah, that's easily the number one biggest need. And I think the other ones are kind of up for debate. So he has edge rusher, cornerback, and also special teams competency, which doesn't seem like it's asking very much. But even with all the penalties, even with all the big mistakes that could have been you know, fixed by one player, overall the Chargers do need a lot more talent on the special teams unit. And we've heard their coaches talk about, you know, hey, sometimes guys who are getting, you know, a significant amount of snaps are going to play on special teams as well, and they're going to take pride in it. So I do think that is something that can help. He has edge rusher as the number two need and cornerback as the number three need. I would maybe flip those around, but like I said, that's more of a philosophy thing. Yeah, if Kenneth Murray, who's still not a proven pass rusher in the NFL by any means, is going to stay inside, you definitely need someone there to try to get some pass rush, and it's going to be hard to kind of just fill that role in free agency and feel really great about it. Because even after whoever you bring in, I mean, who's the depth behind that? But I do think corner is a bigger issue to me potentially just because we don't know what's happening with Michael Davis. Obviously, if they bring him back, that alleviates that some. But at the same time, there's no backup plans. And that's what I keep talking about here. I mean, the Chargers, if they really wanted to upgrade the secondary or keep it as a dominant secondary, you put resources into it to keep the young guys developing, coming up and taking over for guys that you're not able to keep in free agency. And they just haven't done that. I mean, like I said, who's the next guy up right now? Is it Tavon Campbell? Is it Brandon Faison? The Chargers don't have a plan B with the cornerbacks. And if they want to cut Casey Hayward, if they're not able to retain Michael Davis, I mean, where does that put you? I mean, that's red alert status. So I do think that has to be a huge focus for the Chargers and, you know, building that secondary for the future. And with Brandon Staley really known for what he does on the back end and and really focusing on what he can get out of those players. And then Ronaldo Hill, a former defensive backs coach, taking over as defensive coordinator, it's going to be of the utmost importance. And it has to be at the top of the list hoping they're just going to keep getting good play out of Chris Harris Jr. and Casey Hayward. That might be a stretch, and you need to have alternate plans if that doesn't work out. And they're both over 30, so you've got to have alternate plans anyway. I mean, you need to start injecting some youth in that, into that position. you got Michael Davis, but you got to hope that you re-sign him. But, you know, to your point, there's no talent pretty much behind that. So no matter what, I think they need to add to that position group. Yeah, there is no talent behind it. I mean, there's no guy that they've even drafted behind it. I mean, Tavon Campbell, undrafted free agent. Brandon Faison, another undrafted free agent. I mean, there's just really no investments there that are going to pay off once these guys do get to this age. And it's like we've known at some point these guys' play was going to fall off, especially with Hayward because, you know, he's just getting older. And that happens to every cornerback eventually. Obviously, we hope he can take a step back forward and get closer to what he was and his prime with the Chargers. But... I think we would settle just being better than it was 
last season and obviously eliminating a lot of those deep balls that caused him so much trouble, but maybe he gets a little bit more help in Brandon Staley's new defense. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys go follow Daniel Popper for giving us this content. Make sure you guys check the whole article out. There's a lot more that we were not able to get to if you haven't already. And if you don't already, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page LockdownChargers as well as giving us a follow on Instagram at Locked On Chargers. And don't forget, this episode is also brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have... 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is now available only at BlueNile.com. We will be back with you guys tomorrow. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, you can find us there, as well as and if you guys want to get on the next voicemail show, make sure to hit up the line at 323-524-7924, and we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail on the show. Tomorrow is the last day before the weekend. We'll be getting into some Super Bowl predictions and be breaking that down a little bit, just because if not, then when would we be able to get to it? So we'll make our picks and much more. But we'll be back with you guys then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.